Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus episode of today's FYI on Pirates. If you have not heard the first episode, give it a listen first because we go over some of the key ideas. We go over the bare bones, matey. You know me as a linguist, as an English teacher, as a lover of languages, I always like to look at the etymology. And the English word pirate is derived from the Latin word pirata, pirate corsair, sea robber, uno que roba en el mar, which comes from a Greek word. And the meaning of the Greek word is anyone who attempts anything. So technically, if you're trying to learn English, you guys are pirates too. Well, over the course of time, it came to be used exclusively for people who engaged in robbery on land or sea. The term first appeared in English in the 1300s, the early 1300s. But the spelling did not become standardized until the 18th century. Originally, it was spelled pirot, pirate with a Y, pirate with a Y and without an E, until finally we settled on pirate. And remember the pronunciation, pirate, no pirate. All right, now I told you we were going to take a look at Spain's pirate connection. And a lot of the coastal villages and towns of Italy and Spain and Sicily as well, the Mediterranean, as I said, was a hot spot during some of those periods. Well, these were frequently attacked by Muslim corsairs. And these are kinds of ships, the ones that operated in the Mediterranean. And long stretches, uh, to stretch us estirarse, pero also uh, stretch us un tramo. So long stretches of the Italian and Spanish coasts were almost completely abandoned by their inhabitants. This was after the 1600s. And the Barbary Corsairs occasionally entered the Atlantic and struck as far north as Iceland. So they had the Mediterranean under control and then some, y un poco más. And these figures are shocking. According to Robert Davis, a historian, he said between 1 million and 1.25 million Europeans were captured by Barbary Corsairs and they were sold as slaves in North Africa and the Ottoman Empire. And this was between the 16th and 19th century. I knew Spain was going to have to have some pirate connections just because of our strategic place in the world, geographically speaking. And also, don't forget, they knew the Spanish Armada. I mean, we were lugging around some serious loot. And the word loot is botín. It also means saquear. So the pirates looted the ship and they ran away with the loot. And these days, loot also means money. Ah, oh, I didn't go to the concert yesterday because I don't have any loot. We'll take a look at more pirate words a little bit later on. But that's one that's used all the time, loot, as money. Oh, and going back to the Barbary Coast and the piracy that was going on in Italy and Spain and in the Mediterranean... The European powers, they were encouraging the pirates to attack their enemies. Our neighbors, the French, for example, they encouraged the corsairs against Spain to encourage, alentar. 
But later they got a taste of their own medicine when Britain and Holland supported them against France. So people were siding with the pirates, with the bad guys, if it meant controlling more of Europe or the world. Now the countries in Europe generally get along, but back then they were backstabbers. And one of the most famous islands when we think about pirates is the island of Tortuga, or the Isle of Tortuga. We don't translate it to turtle or tortoise, we say Tortuga. And the boom on the island of Tortuga was augmented by the English capture of Jamaica from Spain in 1655. So when the English captured Jamaica and took it from Spain, there was a huge boom in piracy. There's even some Jamaican history. Jamaica me crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'll keep the jokes to a minimum. Also, there's a Canary Islands reference here. Of course, the Canary Islands right off the coast of Africa, right before you get over to Europe. I mean, another strategic set of islands. And there were continuous attacks and looting of Berber, English, French and Dutch Corsairs. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure Spain has so many other links to pirates. Let's take a look at some fun facts now. I've got a question for you. Were there female pirates? Because when we think of pirates, we generally think of males, right? Well, yes, there were female pirates. And these ladies were just as dangerous, just as relentless, and well-respected as their male counterparts. If you'd like to look up some of these famous female pirates, you've got Anne Bonny, you've got Grace O'Malley, and Ching Shi. And what about the eye patch? I mean, you can't get a pirate costume for Halloween without an eye patch because it would be an incomplete costume. So is this a myth? Is this like the plank, something that Hollywood made uh, more attractive? Well, no. They really did wear eye patches. Not all of them, but there was a trend. And supposedly, wearing a patch over one of your eyes forced the other eye to adjust accordingly, which helped them see at night. Another reason they wore patches, supposedly, was because it would make them look tougher and more menacing. Menacing or threatening. Amenazantes. <coughs> yeah, I guess if you want to look threatening, then you have to do away with the parrot. Because if you're walking around with a parrot on your shoulder, you don't look too threatening. And what about their flag? What comes to mind when I say the pirate flag? Did you say skull and crossbones? Nice job. Just be careful. Don't pronounce it skull. It's skull. Now, you can always say the word cranium, but that sounds more like the scientific version. It's like, uh, for example, mi mandibula is my mandibula. But nobody says mandibula. We call it our jaw. So oftentimes we'll have a, uh, a scientific or medical way to say something and then the everyday way. Another example conjunctivitis or pink eye. So is this black flag with a white skull and crossbones, is this real or is this just something from 
pop culture. This one is real. A lot of them used that flag because it didn't have any colors of the other flags. It was black and white and easy to identify. And this flag is still popular today. You can see people, they've got it on their truck. They've got it, you know, in their Twitter handle. Remember the word handle is uh, tu nombre en internet. So the skull and crossbones and the the skull and crossbones flag is here to stay. That's something that seems like it'll never go out of style. And what do you think pirates were like? What are you like is your personality. What do you look like is your physical appearance. So my question is, what are they like? Or what were they like? Because when I think of pirates, I think of rowdy. Rowdy is like very noisy, make, you know, knocking things over. I think they're vulgar, you know, they, they use a lot of curse words, muchas palabrotas, and that uh, they don't follow any rules. But that is not true. Contrary to popular belief, pirates have some values. I say some because there is a code, a set of rules that they have among them. And some of these rules include no fighting among each other while on board. So if you're going to fight, you better wait till you are not on board, until you're on land. Also, they divvy up the chores evenly, which I think that makes sense. Because if you've got a crew, un equipo, una tripulación, and one guy's doing all the work while the other one, well, that's not going to work. You're going to end up resenting somebody. So you have to divvy up. To divvy up is to divide, to split up the chores, los quehaceres domésticos, evenly. Even Stephen is we say. And obviously that goes for food too, because if there are six slices of pizza and there are, you know, uh, five pirates, well, that extra slice is probably going to be divvied, divvied up into five pieces. I mean, just think about it. If you have a fight or a falling out with somebody here on land, well, you can each go to your quarters, tu zona, tu habitación, tu casa. I'm sure you recognize the word from the word headquarters, sede. But just imagine, you're on a boat, you're in the middle of the Atlantic, and there you are, and you don't know the next time you're going to see land. You don't know the next time you're going to get some food because your supplies are running low. So people can probably get a little bit cranky. They can be on edge, and who knows? People could even duke it out. But if you're following the code, the pirate code, you're not going to duke it out on the ship. And to duke it out is liarse a puñetazos. And what about that heavy drinker stuff? I remember when I went to New Orleans, there's a, you, you can drink alcohol in the street. You can't do that everywhere in the United States. There's just one rule, and that rule is it has to be in a plastic container. And when I asked why, I said, well, you know, in New York, you're not allowed to drink on the street, period. You're supposed to go to a bar, go to your house, but you're not supposed to drink on the street. And I said, why is it that you can drink on the street, but only in plastic? I mean, I imagine it's so people don't break glass or... And he said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, it makes sense, right? People won't break the glass and, you know, fight with somebody or slice somebody's face open in one of these pirate fights. And I said, what? In one of these pirate fights? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that law has been 
in the books here in New Orleans since the early days, since these streets, these bars were frequented by pirates. So the pirates would come in, they would get rowdy, and they would fight, and each one would break their glass, and now they would have a sharp object in case they didn't have a sword or a knife on hand. So that rule that is still in effect in New Orleans, which, by the way, we have an episode on New Orleans, and I I think I mention it in that episode. Well, that dates back to the pirates and their rowdy behavior and their heavy drinking. This one is not a myth. Pirates drank whatever was available. They drank like fish, we say in English. He drinks like a fish. They would get as drunk as a skunk. I like that one because it rhymes in English and in Spanish. Drunk as a skunk, más pedo que Alfredo. And what do you imagine when you imagine, you know, these pirates? What, what kind of liquor do you think they were drinking? Did you say rum? You got it. Remember, in English, it's not ron. It's rum. Rum, rum, rum. But it wasn't just rum straight up, a palo seco. This was a little concoction that they invented, and it was called grog. And grog was basically sugar, lemon juice, water, and, of course, the special ingredient, rum. I've got to say something. It's got a really ugly name, grog. What are you drinking? Grog. But it sounds delicious. Think about it. On a summer day, there you are on your ship. Oh, okay, well, I don't have a ship. There I am on my beach towel, and I'm having me some grog. Arg. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this pirate slang. I just said arg, and arg is like a way that they complain. Arg. We already looked at, in the intro of the episode, we looked at ahoy. And matey, well, your shipmate. So your shipmate, tu compañero de barco. We in the United States, we have roommates. The British call them flatmates. Well, they say, Args, matey. Args, ay, amigo, compañero. This is pirate talk. If you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean, you should give it a watch now because now you're going to get a lot of those args, those sounds that come up and that specific vocabulary that slang. The first word that comes to mind is the word booty. Shake, 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 shake that booty. Shake that booty. Shake, 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 shake. Yeah, booty es culete, but not in this case. Booty is the treasure, the loot. It's another way to say loot, as we said before. In modern day, your booty is your culo. But if a pirate says it, it's your botín, despojo, ganancias, recompensa. In the end, you're going to learn Spanish listening to this episode, too. I know I learn Spanish in every single episode when I'm preparing the vocabulary sheets. Another word that comes to mind is treasure. Let's pronounce that one together. Treasure, tesoro. And where do you put treasure? Well, usually in a treasure chest, which you bury underground. To treasure is also a verb. I think you say in Spanish too, atesorar, apreciar, valorar. I really treasure my students. I treasure our friendship. 
And here's another myth that we're going to dispel. Because when you think of pirates, you think, you know, they were walking around with bling bling, con joyas, con diamantes. Well, that's if they were able to find a ship with that on it. But a lot of times, just like with alcohol, pirates would take anything they could find. So a lot of times you would see them with all this worthless stuff as well. Also, an idiomatic expression comes to mind. One man's trash is another man's treasure. If you want to sound like a pirate and you want to let out an interjection like, Ay, Dios mío, you would say, blimey. Now, I've heard British people actually use this in the modern day. If we did it, we'd be joking around. Blimey, or blow me down. And remember, you gotta put that raspy voice on. Blow me down, blimey. We talked about the word ransom before, the money that is paid. But another way to say this is the bounty. In fact, a bounty hunter es un caza recompensas. Another sound you'll hear pretty often from pirates, if you have any living in your neighborhood, is... Ay, ay is just like in Spanish, ay, Dios mío. But if they say ay, ay, it means sí, capitán. So careful, one eye is yes or ah, uh, ay. And two is I'm going to do what you just said. Here's something I learned in English in this episode, and this is Davy Jones' locker. And I've heard this word. It's been associated with pirates in the movies, in books, even in songs. And I didn't quite know what it was, but I looked it up, and we're going to learn it together. Davy Jones's locker. Well, his locker is his taquilla. And this is basically a mythical spirit that lives under the ocean and lures sailors to their deaths. <laughs> and make sure you say fire in the hole before you fire your cannons. Here's a word that used to mix me up. I thought the word was land lover, alguien que ama a la tierra. But the word is land lubber with double B and a U. And that is somebody who's not really good at sea. Maybe somebody who gets seasick, que se marea en el mar. And we're going to wrap up taking a look at some words that come from the sea, some expressions that come from shipping and ships. But unlike the pirate slang, these are ones that are actually used every day. The first word is stranded. If you are stranded on an island, what are you saying? I think you know from the context. I think you say barado. Another one, which is a movie with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, is called overboard, por la borda. But if we add go, and I think that was the double meaning of the title, to go overboard is exagerar, pasarse, se te va de la mano. You went overboard. The next expression is shark bait. And bait is what you use when you go fishing. Cebo, I think. So if you're shark bait, it means you are dead. You are not in a good situation. It could be a sink or swim situation. Do or die. Sink or swim. Todo o nada. But none of that would have happened if you were running a tight ship. And there's another expression, to run a tight ship. It means that you're meticulous. If your teacher runs a tight ship, they don't let you get away with anything. They're organized. 
They're sticklers, rigoristas. But think about it. As a business owner, you have to run a tight ship. Remember, there's an episode on sailing where you can learn more idiomatic expressions, but let me remind you of a couple that are very common. Three sheets to the wind. That means, has perdido el control, estás borracho. Three sheets to the wind. Another very common idiomatic expression when we're preparing for the worst is batten down the hatches. And a hatch is una escotilla. Entonces, ir cerrando todo. Viene una tormenta. Batten down the hatches. And that's when you say, I need all hands on deck. Todos a ayudar. All hands on deck. And hopefully, you'll weather the storm which I think in Spanish is capear el temporal. Well, folks, we've got to set sail. Zarpar, emprender, empezar. We've got to set sail on our next adventure. I hope everything is smooth sailing. De viento en popa. For you guys, my FYIers. And I hope you'll join us on the next episode of FYI.